Hi everyone and welcome back. This week I'm thinking about truth, I'm thinking about facts, I'm thinking about how to present conceptually truth and fact to developing minds as they enter into society. When I was brought through school and brought up in a small village in the northeast of England, I was taught the truth, not a truth, not one of many truths. I was taught the truth. As with most young people, in most countries, I learned that the truth that was taught in England was the truth to be held above all others and all other nations and all other cultures and all ways of being. And if by now you're beginning to remember that that too occurs in other nations, you may understand that I just can't in good faith walk into a room full of young people and say this is the truth. Because on the one hand, it's dangerous to live in a world where there is no narrative. And work with me here because I don't have answers on this. I'm not posing a solution to anything. I'm posing an undefined issue. And I, I want to stick with undefined because there's no world where I, this fellow from England, it is somehow any voice of authority on anything. So when we look around the world and we see a world that is defined or reduced, depending how you look at it, you have a world that makes absolute sense. Maybe that's a sign that something's not right. Maybe that's a sign that definitions are often reductions. And the definitions are tied together and a one truth, namely the European intellectual tradition, maybe there's something going on there. Maybe the, the narratives that all coalesce under one narrative are awfully convenient and should be questioned. I look at I look at a fact as as a series of ingredients. You can mix together ingredients in varying quantities and you get varying flavors. And so I look at a a fact as simply a recipe of ingredients. And then I look at a truth, not the truth. I look at a truth, a truth of many truths as merely a larger stew of facts. So you have the 
individual ingredients that make a fact, and then you have the stew that is a collection of facts that we then call the truth. But the problem with a singular truth is that when you have a singular truth, you have a singular narrative. And so the idea that it's dangerous to live in a world where we aren't united by a singular narrative strikes me as a convenient rationalization for intellectual imperialism. And if we can't all agree on a set of facts and a truth, that isn't a failure, that isn't a a danger, that's democracy. Surely. Because a democracy, especially the one that allegedly exists in the United States of America, is not monolingual, it is not monotheist, it is not monoracial, it is not singular in ethnicity, in gender, in sexuality, no, it is a large salad bowl of differing viewpoints, modes of being, and all of which have equal validity. To speak of the truth is to speak with absolute certainty. And to speak with absolute certainty is a very uncertain proposition. Because all throughout history, men have spoken from platforms in Europe with absolute certainty. The ludicrous theories that were used to try and place humanity at the centre of a, a universe that was created by a, an old fellow of nondescript age who who seemingly resembled Europeans. Well, I'm very uncertain about that. You see, it seems that we live in a very insecure time where to validate a truth is to invalidate this conception of the truth. To invalidate facts is to invalidate truth. And largely, everything I've just done is a very low-end piece of verbal judo. It's all words, and words have meanings. And therein is the rub. Words have meanings because people have assigned them meaning. The symbology of a word is far more powerful than the word itself. Words are heavy. Some words are heavier than others. Some words are thrown like weapons. 
and some words are traded in a more communal spirit. And in the course of human development, we have always sought to make sense of the world around us. I'm reading The Dawn of Humanity about how the agricultural revolution actually did not occur. How it took thousands of years for agriculture to take hold. And even using the term agriculture is an abstraction for what is essentially gardening and botany. But we decided that there is this thing, this truth, this agricultural revolution, where everyone was foraging and they all they all timed their clocks correctly to switch from a, 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 a bountiful life of foraging to a, a sustained life of neoliberal farming. How strange. How strange indeed that modern language of economics aligns perfectly with the lived experience of peoples that lived seven to ten thousand years ago. And so, coming back to the truth and a truth, I think about when I go in the classroom and I teach these narratives, which is what the so-called truth is, it is merely a narrative. When I teach the agricultural revolution, I'm lying. It is a lie. It is a, a mechanism of history that we use to reduce thousands of years of lived human experience into one digestible, I'm not saying that we should go out into the world and say facts don't exist. There is no such thing as a fact or a truth. What I'm saying is that we shouldn't and that we can't if we are reasoning adults hold a fact or a truth to be somehow beyond humans, to be somehow above humans. Isn't that the lie of the so-called enlightenment? When we removed all human thought, when we removed the brain from the body and we made the body a possession, when we took ideas out of people and made them bigger than people, when we took institutions away from human control perceptually, to ensure that people felt powerless to change them. So maybe there's something going on on the smaller scale when we view facts and truths outside of people, when we elevate them above people instead of merely acknowledging that they come from people and people are full of folly. If in this day and age, with our access to the world's information and reasoning, if we hold to truths and facts as beyond us, are we doing ourselves 
and students a disservice. Because I get the sense that it may be the other way around, that that teaching them that facts and truths are fickle and prone to human folly and, and an ulterior motive might be a disservice. I hear it often. How will a nation survive if we don't have a unified narrative? Why do we need a unified narrative? Values transcend language. Values transcend cultures. Values are just ideas. A story turned into the truth does not unite us. Our ideals do. The ideal of living, learning, growing and developing in a world safe from violence. That ideal lives in every person. You cannot, you cannot argue against that. All human beings want to live peacefully and want to live. And then we add concepts in there like freedom and justice. You don't need a story around those things. You don't need a truth around those things. You don't need to create facts around those things to try and control how they're approached. You need to allow people to approach them as human beings, free from the detritus of old ideas, specifically old unscientific ideas. Think about the rigor that we put on high schoolers when it comes to citations and providing evidence of claims. If we put that rigor on the individuals who form the ideological basis of most Western institutions and practices, they would be immediately invalidated. So maybe it's time that we started looking at the truth and facts that come from these people as just that, a little bit invalid. And so where's that take us? Well, this is something I've been thinking about. If inquiry education is there to generate themes, concepts, and ideas, and if it largely goes back to the Platonic idea of crafting universal definitions that are used to develop deeper insights, themes, and concepts, then maybe in education we should just ease off the gas when it comes to controlling how young people think and give them a little bit more control in how they think. Yes, if a class of young people come to the universal definition that stones are in fact liquid and that one can dive headfirst into a pile of stones and swim in them, well, that would be erroneous. But then, of course, No young person would come up with that because it's ridiculous. The point I'm making here with that ridiculous straw man argument is that young people have brains. 
and believe it or not, they're capable of exercising those brains without an adult telling them what to think. And so maybe, just maybe, we should try that. Thank you. Have a good one.